What's the difference, and why are you any better than the other marketing consultants in training out there, such as Y2 Marketing, Jay Abraham, Topline, Quantum, and any of the others? Ken, the difference in the HMA system from any of the others out there. You're going to hear the answer to this all-important question later on in the interview, but first I want to introduce what I have here for you. We've got 59 minutes of nothing but questions and answers. I sent out an email to my list of some of the HMA consultants and other interested parties for questions for Richard regarding marketing and consulting in the marketing consulting business. You've got no fluff here. All you've got are questions from folks from all over the world in Richard's straight-to-the-point answers. I hope you enjoy this recording. Let's get going. All right, Richard. Hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to answer all of these questions from a mix of both uh, HMA consultants and people who have listened to some of our recordings up on my site in the Consulting Secrets section of HardToFindSeminars.com. Now, here's a question actually from one of our new consultants, Louisa, in the U.K., and I think it's going to be perfect for you because of your involvement with the manufacturing sector. But here it is. What are the main points to bear in mind when working with manufacturing companies? Manufacturing in the U.K. is under considerable threat from cheaper imports from Asia. One manufacturer I know of has a USP based around higher level of quality of components in finished products manufactured in the U.K., but now increasingly their customers, i.e. large chains of do-it-yourself retail stores, are buying solely on price. They've already lost a couple of key contacts due to the cheaper imports, and they are also excluded contractually from selling direct to the public. How would you help them in this situation? I've had a chance to work with uh, manufacturers for several years and uh, understand their situation, and the U.K. is similar to many firms here in the United States. One of the things, then, that you first have to do is are they... Are they marketing their value consistently? Many times manufacturers will just sit on their value and they'll sit on their product line and they're really not educating and they're really not teaching their distributors or helping their distributors to sell through the channels. They're not uh, educating the distributors about the value so that the distributors can focus on value rather than price. They're not educating the end user at all about the value. So first you want to help them understand that as a marketing consultant, you could develop marketing communication that teaches and educates about the value that they have. There's a great book out there I'll refer to you. It's called How to Grow When Markets Don't by Richard Weiss, Weiss. And you want to maybe take a look at that. It was a great book that, that talked about innovative demand. It may be that your manufacturer has to shift the way his buyers and distributors are looking at his product. Maybe he was selling them uh, for some demand when price wasn't an issue, but now when price is an issue, you have to maybe help that manufacturer create a new way to look at demand for his product. Uh, it's called the innovative demand and very, uh, very insightful in 
helping these manufacturers in these uh, times of price competition. Of course, you want to then uh, help them understand that as a consultant, you could take them through a marketing system that will do all of that and would accomplish those objectives. Then finally, it may be that he's got to shift markets. It may be that he has to uh, do a little better on a target market, do a little bit better with fewer customers who care about his value and will give him the margins and then simply try to sell more to that narrower customer base. Richard, who are your mentors other than Jay Abraham? Jay, of course, is, uh, is important to me, but there's some great uh, marketing authors out there. Uh, Jay Conrad Levinson and the Gorilla Marketing and the Gorilla Advertising series is really quite phenomenal. He's done a great job in breaking many of the aspects of the marketing system that I've been using into some real direct application. Um, another great uh, author and mentor is um, Jack Trout. He's got a great book out called Differentiate or Die, Survival in Our Era of Killer Competition. So those are a couple of the other mentors that I've enjoyed reading over the years. Uh, here's a question from Wayne in the United States. It's natural for a business owner to be skeptical or indifferent when initially contacted. In the absence of a trusted referral, what is the most effective way to connect with an owner and capture his or her attention and interest during the initial contact? Good question, Wayne, because that means that you have to really do something in the first 60 seconds. And you've got about a minute to two minutes to make an impression either positive or negative. And I have found that the best way to do that is when you have an appointment, you go in and you sit down, and the first thing you do is you say, Mr. Prospect, tell me about your goals. What would you like to accomplish? What would you like to see happen to your business? If you'll start with the focus on them and not on you, you'll go a long way to establish that trust that they want. And, and then after you give them time and you give them attention and you uh, maybe say a couple of things, but not a lot, just listen. Listen to where they're at. Then they'll be happy to listen to you. And when you can then demonstrate that you can help them meet those goals or solve those problems or end those frustrations, then you're on your way to a relationship. Here's a question from John Liska. Richard, what would be your profile of the ideal prospect? John, I think the ideal prospect has to have a couple of things. They have to need, they have to want, and they have to be able to afford your service. And that's why we do the opportunity analysis. And that's because you want to determine if they need it, and if they want it, and if they can afford it. So. Throughout the presentation, you're taught how to ask questions that determine those three qualifiers. Um, if, if they're growing, and they're growing as fast as they can grow, and they have all of the business they can handle, and if you gave them any more business they couldn't handle, then they don't need it. If he's a, an owner whose attitude is such that, oh, I can do this, or I know what you're saying, I've done it before, I... I I, I don't need any help. I have a marketing person. We're all taken care of. Then he doesn't want it. And then if he's a, a business owner that that's saying, you know, gee, I'd like to do this, but, you know, I, I'm barely making payroll, and I just don't have cash flow, 
then he probably right then can't afford it. And so you, those are the three areas that really help you determine if you've got a qualified prospect. Dan Haley from the United States. He asked, Richard, I currently work full-time for a big bank. I have a wife and two kids, and I value my time with them. I'd love to get into the consulting business, but can't make the break and start full-time doing it. It is something I'm willing to do on a part-time basis and hopefully build into a full-time career. Along those lines, what is the best way to get started, and would you even recommend going part-time at first? I've studied your stuff, Michael's stuff, Jay Abraham, Dan Kennedy, and countless others, so I feel I have at least a working knowledge of marketing and consulting. Sure, you can start part-time, Dan. You can begin by just taking on one client. And uh, that may mean that you meet with the client uh, in the morning before you start work or you meet them on your lunch hour or you meet them after work for an hour or two. And that's plenty of time to take on one, maybe two clients. Many of your clients would be willing to do that. I meet with clients on a Saturday. I meet with clients uh, in an evening or early in the morning before their day begins and before my day really gets started because that's what's best for the client. I think you would want to go ahead. You'd want to go ahead and tackle one, maybe two clients. Uh, your bank could probably give you a list of businesses they wish were doing better. And uh, so you probably have a list of prospects sitting right in your bank. You could start there if they know what you're doing and you're okay with that. But if not, then it's easy to find one or two businesses that would be happy to work with you like that. Richard, here's a question from Ben Beasley of Birmingham, Alabama. Richard, how do you feel about giving away a free CD that introduces you and your marketing system and requiring them to listen to it before they meet? I have tried both, Ben. You'll just want to test both approaches. There's some pros and cons with both approaches. Sometimes they usually don't take the time to listen to the, uh, the CD. Sometimes they, they're not motivated to unless you're there. So you might even try sitting down and, and listening to it with them. And then I would try the personal face-to-face -face without it as well because uh, that's when you're going to find out if they're a qualified prospect. See, you could be handing out CDs to unqualified prospects. You could be handing them out to people that don't need, don't want, can't afford your service. And so uh, they're not going to listen to it, and you're going to waste your time, and you're going to waste their time. Uh, sitting down with them, what you might do then would be to uh, ask enough questions and then leave the CD. Once you determine that they're qualified, they're interested, that they uh, can probably afford it, then ask them to listen to it and then set an appointment when you'll come back and review it. What uh, we've done in the HMA system to help you accomplish that and limit your uh, cost in, in doing that is We've got a presentation that you can put on CD and, and use it that way. We've also got that same presentation and others more in-depth that's online to where you could send the prospect to the site and watch and listen to it with him or send him there, and it wouldn't cost you anything. So. We've got the tools in the system that would make it very easy for you to accomplish that. Here's a question from Mark Waitley in Nottingham, England. 
Richard, if you have a contract in place with a client and you're operating on a share of the profits or a percentage of sales, i.e. contingency only, the advice is good, but they fail to implement or they implement poorly, what can you do about it? The problem is a question of payment and managing the relationship. Let me give you a specific example. I explained how to get referrals to my client from their existing clients. A manual was produced giving them step-by-step instructions, and I role-played it with the staff. They did not get any referrals. I asked if they could tape the calls to their clients. They didn't. And when I went through a post-mortem, I found that they were not following the scripts or instructions. So I've done the work, but they failed, and I didn't get paid. Well, Mark, that's a classic reason that I recommend not taking on a contingency client until you've implemented some of the steps of the marketing system and they've paid for it. That is the best way to build a trust relationship with the client so that a contingency works. So in this situation that you just illustrated, I would have had your referral system as part of step number four or step number three in the HMA system that they would have paid me for. And we would have implemented that referral program. Many times, the reason they won't pay you and they can't pay you is that their execution is poor, just like you found out in that case. That's why if you do the execution and you're there to make sure it's done right and they pay you to do that, all of a sudden now the system starts to work. And then what I would do is say, well, you know, I'd love to help you keep this system going. What if we just did it on a contingency basis? Now you've got some trust buildup. You've worked with the client over a period of a few weeks or a few months implementing the system. They like you. They know you. You like them. You know them. You know they'll pay you, and, and you've been paid. And so now you've got a basis for which a contingency can really okay, Here's a question from Nick Harrison of Alton, England. What process do you follow prior to making a recommendation to a client? For example, say you have a client whose industry has been adversely affected by regulatory overkill, which has impacted profits severely. How would you evaluate and mind map the alternative options? Well, Nick, that's why uh, we have in the HMA system this opportunity analysis because it's the questions in that analysis that help you determine if you have a viable prospect. And so in this case, after doing that analysis, it may be that the regulatory overkill is just too much and you can't move forward and it's something out of your control. At the same time, the opportunity analysis may show you that you can take him down some alternative markets, some alternative directions that that don't have those controls or that have less of those controls. Because what you need to be careful of if you start working with the client and you start getting them step number one, which is a unique selling proposition, and then those regulatory controls begin to kill that uniqueness and begin to wound it so that it can't market and be a revenue generator, then you've done a disservice to the client. Here's a question from Ulrich in Berlin, Germany. Richard, is there a win-win way to get the clients into a situation that they are willing to make the system a repeating one so that it will return residual income? 
Oh, that is a great question, Ulrich, and that is your call as a consultant. You have the freedom to stay with the client as long as you want, and in my career, I have had a few clients, and I have one now that I've been with for three years, generating me residual income, because we keep working the system, I keep tweaking it a little bit, and I don't spend a whole lot of time with them. I know there are other consultants that like to go in and stay with the client for, for many years. And that's certainly a possibility with the HMA system. It's your call. It's all on how you want to set up your consulting career. I enjoy having impact and moving on to another opportunity because it, it keeps me fresh, it keeps me uh, excited, it keeps me going. I've had a couple of instances where I've been with the clients a couple of years and three years with one, and sometimes it gets old, it gets kind of stale, and you're ready to move on. But maybe you might want to stay with them for a long time. So the system is set up to where you can make the call. Here's a question from Philip Fong of Adelaide, South Australia. Richard, what's the number one expectation your customers have when they employ you as a marketing consultant? Philip, the number one expectation is that you'll get the job done. Your client has probably been familiar with and probably maybe even studied the contents of marketing such that he knows probably what he should be doing. And so you coming in to say, well, you should be doing this and should be doing this, is not, it's not their expectation anymore. It's evolved to where the expectation is, okay, Mr. Consultant, you've told me what I need to do. How are you going to get it done? And, and so that's the number one expecta expectation is they want you to execute. They want you to get results. Here's a question from Michael Amubo of Port Harcourt, Nigeria. Richard, your marketing techniques seem based on sound management information systems. In a third world country like Nigeria, where I live, where most businesses don't have any system of keeping or storing information, where can one start from in building this info store? Because it seems like without it, your marketing system can't really take off. Even the e-myth depends on information research, storage, and communication. Oh, Michael, a great question. So you have to adapt to your client's situation. And if that's the case in Nigeria, and you want to go ahead and adapt to that situation, I've had clients that have stayed on paper for decades. The HMA system can operate still on paper. Yes, it'd be preferred and certainly be much more effective if it was all computerized and managed information. But if that's not available in Nigeria, then your best thing to do is to accommodate the client, and that is make it work on paper. I'm assuming in this case that we have at least that available to us, and they can keep those kinds of records. Here's a question from Pete Bass, Evanston, Wyoming. Richard, there is a new web conferencing product that I'm an affiliate for. My question is, what would be the best way to market this tool? I'm completely new to all this, and would there be a good way to tie this into marketing consulting? Pete, there are some consultants who have taken the HMA 
system and gone to the Internet with it. The same steps of the system apply online or offline. So if you've got an online product, in this case a web conferencing product, then you'll want to do the same thing and you could become a marketing consultant on the web, an Internet consultant that's using the steps of the HMA system all on the web. And so in this case with your product and web conferencing, you need a good unique selling proposition because there's other conferencing products out there. So it has to be set apart and it has to be very unique. So you need to do that. You can then begin to market that to clients on the web. I've got a client that uses a web conferencing product and he sends out emails and the emails invite these clients to participate in a web conference with him. So you can be doing direct marketing with emails. You could have a client that has clients that he needs to do a seminar for, and you can help him with our PowerPoint presentation and, and using that with his clients and do it all on the web. So we've got tools in the HMA system that would certainly apply right over to your web conferencing opportunity. Richard, here's a question from Ibrahim from Pakistan. Richard, what's a strategic insight that top marketing gurus miss? I think the biggest insight that top gurus miss is execution. I think most gurus are so caught up in uh, insights of themselves and insights of their abilities or insights of technology perhaps or insights of the latest uh, innovation and uh, they can go ahead and word package a lot of that but I think the strategic insight that they miss is how to follow through and execute. Abraham and that is why the HMA system is growing so rapidly is because it's the first marketing system that solves that strategic insight. It's the first marketing system out there that has taken all of this latest and newest and all of the content of marketing and put it into successful execution for the consultant and for your client. All right, here's a question from Oliver from Dutchland. Richard, how do you convince potential clients that you can do what you can do? Oliver, the best way to convince potential clients that you can get the job done is by going in and doing the opportunity analysis and listening to them and really hearing what they're wanting to accomplish. I have found that most of the time you can't convince somebody is when you talk too much about yourself. So if you'll use our analysis, which focuses everything on them, the analysis will help you show them how you solve their problem. And because you're then able to show them how you solve their problem, they're convinced. And that's why it works. Here's a question from Cardis from Carterville, Georgia. Richard, what's the difference between marketing and advertising, or is it all the same? Marcus, advertising falls under the marketing umbrella, and so marketing uh, has to make certain that advertising works. Uh, advertising is only one step of marketing. Okay, here's a question from J.F. Hello, Richard. What do you do if you've tried direct mail and telemarketing, but you still can't get clients because people won't believe the things you can do for them? Well, if people 
don't believe the things that you can do for them, then something's wrong in the presentation. And that's where you'd want to take a look at, at what's happening is your direct mail and your telemarketing hopefully is getting you appointments. Now, if you're trying to sell your service through direct mail and telemarketing, I think that's a mistake because it's hard for them to believe something that just comes to them in the mail or is over the phone told them. So I think if, if that's been your objective, you may want to change that and make it an objective to get an appointment so that you can determine if they're a qualified prospect or not. Uh, if you go through your opportunity analysis and they don't believe then that you can do what you can do, then there's something that's going wrong in the presentation. Here's a question from Norman Conrad of the United States. Keeping in touch with customers and qualified prospects is usually a hit or miss activity with many small businesses. Richard, do you know of any programs available or companies specializing in periodically mailing a personalized four-color postcard anywhere from 500 to 1,000 cards per month using the variable data supplied by the client? Absolutely. There are companies like that probably in your local area. I have a company that's called uh, Sensations uh, here in, in my area that does exactly that. We can give them a database and they'll send these postcards that are four-colored postcards on any uh, interval basis that we might ask them to do it. And so these types of services are, are springing up everywhere around the country and there's probably one in your local area have to kind of go look for them. Norman, we've also learned in the HMA system that the United States Post Office invested to allow you to do all of that online. So you can get online from your own computer at home and you can send postcards, you can send uh, envelopes, you can send other uh, types of mailing materials right through the United States Post Office and do it all online. So you could do it from home, or you can outsource the task with a local printer in your area. All right, here's a question from Jimmy Davis of Henderson, Texas. First, let me congratulate both Michael and Richard. What a sight, and the information Richard shares is absolutely fantastic. Anyone, and I mean anyone who needs to know marketing and or business consulting, needs to visit Michael's Hard to Find Seminars site. I haven't left since I accidentally stumbled upon it on a search engine a couple of months ago. The old saying, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, work for me. Both of you are very dynamic, down-to-earth, and easy to relate to. Okay. Hey, Richard, this isn't going to be hard for an old pro like you, but I have thought it over, and there is something I need to know. I want to know one or two things that I can do entering a business to interview the owner of that business on consulting that I can do that will assure me that I'm going to close the deal. If I can help before I write the first word or give him my what I'm here for speech, there are certain things you feel about each person you approach, and I know each one is different, but how do I size them up and put them at ease? Go through that for me. I want to make filling out the paperwork a foregone conclusion. I want to impress him or her from the very first moment we lay eyes on each other. Thanks, Richard. Jim Davis. Well, Jim, first, uh, thanks for your kind uh, comments. And to answer your question now, it starts, of course, in the first 120 seconds, first minute that you meet your prospect across his desk and you shake his hand to make it a foregone conclusion. Then once you sit down, you need to 
determine if he or she is a qualified prospect. Most sales don't close because the salesperson, or in this case you, the consultant, are talking with an unqualified prospect. And so in sizing them up, in looking at them face-to-face, I first have to find out, is he a qualified prospect for my service? And, and that is where the ATMA system comes in because we have the questions all laid out for you to ask that will determine if they're a qualified prospect. In summary, it means that do they want you, do they need you, and can they afford you? And so you want to kind of find out those three things right away. If the answer is no to any one of those three things, the paperwork is not a foregone conclusion. If the answer is yes to all three of those things, then you've gotten permission to move forward into the opportunity analysis and the paperwork becomes more of a foregone conclusion. Here's a question from Wilford Tanner of Los Angeles, California. Richard, how can I grow my business if I'm just starting out and only have a handful of customers? How do I make use of my small customer base without feeling like I'm putting the pressure of business success in any of my communications with them? This is the end of part one. I hope you're enjoying this question and answer session with Richard regarding the HMA marketing consulting system. Please continue to part two.